Cause I'm scared they're all laughing So I make the joke first If I beat them to the punchline Then I can't get Hello, my loves, and welcome back to Literally Lex, the podcast seeking to make everyone feel seen and heard and trying to prohibit people from treating each other like garbage. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about my cathartic journey that I've had over, I mean, honestly, the last six months with my breakup and all of that nonsense, but also really just in the last month, I would say. It is May 18th, 2020. I have spent the last couple of weeks reactivating some of my feelings about my breakup, processing some of my feelings about my breakup, and making amends with people as a result of my breakup. So to give you guys a little bit of a recap on what's been going on in my life, on Cinco de Mayo, which also happens to be my ex-boyfriend's birthday, I decided that I was going to be the bigger person after my TikTok stardom and Venmo him $10 for a shot because he just turned 21 and maybe like a fish taco because he's into that. And I sent a nice birthday text only to find out that I was still blocked. And um, so then I messaged him through my Finsta and said the same thing, just like, you know, happy birthday. I hope that, you know, you have a good day, whatever. And so that was that. And then a couple days went by and For those of you who don't know me super well or don't really know a lot about my PTSD, um, the first event in my life that sort of, for lack of a better word, caused my PTSD was losing my dad when I was three. And so I've been in therapy for the past couple weeks talking about what that loss means to me and how it affects my life. And I realized that a big part of myself because I don't have a dad and I never really got to have that experience is that when I'm in relationships with guys, I am looking for their father or like their parents to emulate this kind of idea of what like a perfect marriage is is in my head and kind of like what a father-son or like a father-daughter relationship would be. And obviously you shouldn't go looking for your boyfriend's parent to fill this void inside of you. You should fill it with like yourself. But at the same time, realizing that allowed me to realize like why I was still so attached to my breakup when it had been six months. And so with that, I kind of decided that I needed some closure and I didn't need any more closure from my ex who I needed closure from were his parents. So I decided after talking to my little, not Tara, my little Emily, who also recently went through a breakup and has a really good relationship with her ex-boyfriend's mom, um, we formulated a text that I sent to my ex's mom, just saying how much I appreciated her, how much I appreciated her welcoming me into her family, that sort of thing. And the response was really great. And it gave me a lot of peace just knowing that in spite of the fact that a lot of petty things happened and a lot of toxic drama happened after the breakup and all of that, that I could still in the future have some sort of a relationship with those people because they did make a huge impact on my life. And watching my ex's parents, like they model this perfect relationship that I was like striving for and 
I felt like it was only right for people to know that, like they should know how much they impacted me and how much it meant to me so that going forward, like they're conscious of that. And like, it probably made them feel good to know that the love and the family that they've created is such like a model that I want to follow. So that all happened. And that being said, a couple weeks went by and I felt like really good about it, really closed off. Like I could move forward more and not really think about it. However, my good friend from my trip to Uganda and Rwanda last summer um, turned 21 in quarantine. And so to find pictures of us together, I had to go through my photos from last summer, which is when my relationship was really hot and heavy, really emotionally invested. I had a lot of screenshots from my ex, whatever. And so I found the screenshot from my ex and it was about how like he wanted to do everything with me and he never wanted to be apart from me and like how great I was. And it made me feel really shitty because my ex, in spite of the fact that he was a dumbass and like it wasn't a good fit. He did show me the type of love that I deserved and how I want to be loved going forward. And so just like that reminder kind of hit me a little bit different. And so thinking that I was blocked, I decided to send said screenshotted text from last year to my ex and be like, LOL, TBT to when you didn't hate me. And that's how I realized that I had been unblocked. So then I was forced to apologize and say, you know, shit, thought I was blocked. This is really embarrassing. Hope you're doing good. I'm really sorry. And I made a TikTok about it because I'm a fucking clown. Like I look like an idiot. I thought I was blocked and like now I look like pathetic and whatever. And then I posted the TikTok and I got a Snapchat message from one of my ex's best friends. And he told me that my TikToks were embarrassing for me and for my ex and that posting people's texts is low-key illegal, even though it doesn't have his name anywhere or like his phone number or anything like, and they were sent to me and in a court of law, like texts aren't even considered like literal evidence because you can manipulate them. So that's just not the case, but it made me feel like I was in middle school again. Like I was in middle school and all of a sudden all these people were judging me and hating on me and thinking that I was like this crazy person and like out of control. Right. So uh, for 24 hours, my TikTok went on private while I tried to like process and feel like I could post content on TikTok again, even though like When I post a TikTok, it is not for people that I know to see. It is for people that I don't know to see. Like, honestly, when people that I know and they aren't like my very best friends follow me on TikTok, I like get anxiety because it's like, well, shit, like this is kind of embarrassing. Like TikToks are embarrassing. Like when you're a 21 year old making TikToks, it's fucking embarrassing. There's nothing like great about it. But like I did go fucking viral and my shit is funny. And like it goes along kind of with this podcast of just like talking about my life and like being honest about like my ups and my downs, my highs and my lows, my successes and my fucking pitfalls. So that being said, what I took away from those past couple weeks was one, like being the bigger person and like reaching out to your ex and like, you know, wishing them happy birthday, whatever. 
I mean, if you want to do it, it's fine. But also when they don't respond or even like your Venmo message or anything, like it makes you feel kind of like crap and kind of like an idiot. Two, if for some reason, like you personally have some attachment reason from your own parents or your own childhood that makes it so that you attach differently to your spouses or your significant other's parents and you feel like you need to reconcile some of those feelings by reaching out to them and you have the means to reach out to them, then you should because it helps. And also when boys who you think are your friends because you were best friends with them when you were dating their best friend reach out to you and it seems like they have your best interest at heart, they don't. Like they're not your friend. When you and your ex break up, you have to break up with their friends too. Even if their friends still are cool with you, I'm not saying you guys have to hate each other and have beef, but like you're not best friends with them anymore. Your ex gets to have his friends back and you have to kind of just walk away. Unless like they aren't that close. But as far as these best friends go, there's maybe three or four guys that like as much as I love them and as much as I feel like they're my best friends too, I'm just going to like have to let my ex have the win. That being said, I went to Michigan this weekend to move my stuff out of my apartment and into my house where I'll be living with four of my very best friends this next school year. And I went just me and my mom. We drove. Um, as far as coronavirus is concerned, we were very safe, used gloves, used masks, lots of sanitizer, lots of Lysol, whatever. So we drive to Michigan and the whole way there, me and my mom like have these really deep talks. It was really amazing, really cathartic. Um, yeah. And then we get to Michigan and just going back into the apartment where there's just so much bad juju, like, so to give a little bit of like background, when I moved into that apartment, there was already a lot of like issues because I wanted to work there. And because I was in Africa over the summer, I wasn't able to interview. So then I wasn't able to get the job that would have saved me money on rent, which like I substantially needed. And so that was already frustrating. On top of that, they closed the tanning bed, which is a big part of why I wanted to live there also, because for my mental health, I like to do UV tanning like once a week just for like, you know, the vitamin D and that like made me very upset. And so with all that being said, it was not the greatest situation on move-in day. Also, my ex moved me in there. Um, we shared a lot of memories there. And also I got broken up with in the parking lot of that apartment. And he ended up like later in the day on the day we broke up, like coming up to my apartment. And like, that is where I truly got dumped. So when I was back in the winter semester, January, February, March, um, before coronavirus, when I was living in that apartment, like it just didn't, it didn't feel good. It was really bad energy, really bad, you know, toxic, just hurt a lot of hurt and a lot of memories. And it wasn't that I necessarily was actively like having flashbacks, but it was just like the vibe. Like my mom said when she got there, like, it, this is just like, it's such a bad energy. Like I'm not, I don't feel good that you were here. And like, this is probably how you felt also. And like, for those of you who are like my hippie friends, like I tried saging the fuck out of that room. I tried incense. I tried sage. I tried re fucking organizing all of the ways that my bed was set up. Like nothing was helping. So 
it felt really good to get out of that space, to pack up all my shit, to say, you know what, I'm done here. This is over. This breakup, like it no longer has this power over me. And I'm getting this like fresh start at what we call the Vatican where I moved in. So that being said, it was really nice also because obviously my relationship, like a lot of memories were made in Ann Arbor. So when me and my mom went and got McDonald's, And when we went and got Taco Bell, I was having these flashbacks of my ex and all the times like we went and got food and, you know, we went to games together and driving by like his old house that got torn down and driving by like the place that he lived after we broke up, like, and then knowing also that I can see his front door from my front door because we like signed our leases together and we thought we were going to be together and all this stuff. And it is wildly unfortunate that we are not together and that there's a high probability that we will see each other walking down the street very often next year. And it might be uncomfortable. It might not, who knows? But for me, it was so nice to be able to process it all with my mom there and also just make these new memories and kind of get rid of those bad memories and the ones that hurt so that when I'm doing stuff with my friends in the fall that I'm not being like, oh my God, the last time I did this was with my ex. Like now I can just truly enjoy it and not have those lingering memories and flashbacks bursting into my brain. So I don't really know if I have advice for how to like get to this cathartic point because it's actually super ironic because right around now would have been what I would consider my one year anniversary with my ex. And we've been broken up for six months and it took me this long to get to this point. And yeah, I mean, I feel a lot better. I feel like I have a lot of closure. I feel like when I get upset with my boyfriend now, my immediate thought in my head doesn't go to like, what was this like with my ex or what was this like with my high school ex? Like I'm very just, it's me and my boyfriend and like, I'm focused. Um, that being said, I don't know if I would tell any college girl in undergrad. So freshman to junior or freshman to senior year. I don't know if I would tell any of you to date, like really date, like being in a committed relationship as much as I love being in love. I love having a partner. I love being a girlfriend. I genuinely wish I would have listened when people told me like not to worry about boys and just to have fun because I have now in my college career had three boyfriends. One from high school doesn't really, I feel like count one who was on campus with me and in Greek life with me and one long distance from home and more like adult, more mature, more independent. And what I can tell you is that in college and in undergrad is your time to focus on you, to do you, to put yourself first, to be selfish, to figure your shit out, you, not anyone else. Like you shouldn't be feeling like you have to worry about someone else or fit their life into your life or, you know, even make them like a big priority when you're an undergrad because it's really truly your time to like figure yourself out. And so that being said, I just, if you're listening to this and you aren't already old as fuck like me and feel like a washed up rising senior, 
maybe don't worry about having a boyfriend, just have fun. And whatever having fun means to you, I'm not necessarily the type of girl who can just hook up with anyone on any given night. It takes me, you know, having to have an emotional connection, some talking, some sort of commitment to hook up with someone. However, I think that as much as I love being in my relationship where it's committed, I do wish that there was some more freedom because we are so independent from each other and we are so, you know, that's your life. This is my life. And when we spend time together, that's awesome. When we talk, that's awesome. We get to share our lives with each other, but it's not cohesive. We have very mutually exclusive lives. And I feel like if that's the way that it is, if that's when an adult relationship looks like, then you should just be dating, not like in a relationship. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Because when you're dating, you know, you have multiple suitors. You aren't just committed to one suitor. And I think that's where I always got hurt is, I mean, I put all my, it's like you put all your eggs in one basket and I've tried not to do that. However, it's really hard not to put all your eggs in your boyfriend's basket when that's your fucking boyfriend. And like you literally would be cheating to have any of your eggs in anyone else's basket. But that doesn't mean that you can't keep your eggs in your basket. So maybe you just kind of, you know, you're in a relationship, but you don't put your eggs in his basket. You don't start planning this life together. You don't start planning a five-year plan and figuring out how they work into it. I think that's something I really learned in my last relationship is that I have a five-year plan. I've always had a five-year plan since I was in literally the sixth grade. I've had a five-year plan. And my five-year plan is my five-year plan. And when I dated my ex, it was, you know, I was like, these are my goals. This is my plan. And if you don't think that you can, you know, move back to St. Louis with me so I can go to grad school. And then, you know, once I have my graduate degree, we can move wherever you want. Like if that's not something you're into or you're willing to do, then we probably shouldn't date. And at the time he was like, no, yeah, totally. I can do that. I think that he probably thought that I'd end up going to a school in California, but I'm not willing to give up like seeing my brothers grow up. My brothers are seven and three. So there's a lot to watch and I don't want to miss it by being in grad school halfway across the country for five to 10 years. So yeah, that being said, which I keep repeating that being said, but actually I have gone into my new relationship, very conscious of that and very, you know, aware that you know, my boyfriend just got into grad school in Philadelphia. I'm going to be at Michigan for the next year. And then who knows where I'll be. I'd love to be, you know, at Notre Dame or somewhere near St. Louis, maybe Mizzou, who knows, but maybe Chicago, but I'm going to stay Midwest and he's going to be in Philly, which quite far away. Um, and yes, there's planes and trains and FaceTime and Skype, but long distance isn't easy. And it's surely not going to be easy when he's doing a PhD program. And so am I. So, Yeah, it's really hard to go into a relationship kind of not all in. I suck at it because even though I'm sitting here telling you like, oh my God, like, you know, we're very independent and we have our separate life plans and I'm not forcing him to, you know, fit into my five-year plan, 10-year plan, whatever. I'm still constantly worrying about it. I'm still constantly thinking about it. Like, how are we going to make this work? And like, is it going to work? And is it just a waste of my time and energy? Because Being in a relationship does take a lot of energy, especially when you're someone like me who puts your whole heart into everything. It's really, really hard to turn it off. And it's really, really hard to 
find the balance and also just not overly invest yourself and then get hurt. So if anyone has any advice, you should send me like a voice memo through here and let me know how you do it because I suck at it. Um, what else has happened in the last couple of weeks? Obviously we have Mother's Day, which was cool, I guess. Um, my mom got a really sweet Grateful Dead cooler and we've been spending a lot of time together. Um, my grandpa had a pretty serious progression with his ALS. For those of you who don't know what ALS is, it's a disease that is, uh, degenerative and your muscles atrophy. So then you can't move and it, with my grandpa, it moved up his body. It started in his feet and moved all the way up. So now he has no mobility basically from the chest down. His lung functioning is pretty bad. He's on a breathing machine. And um, in the last couple of weeks, he's sort of lost his ability to talk. So from what I know from research and also from what the respiratory therapist has said, like the next progression will probably be him passing away. And my grandma has been giving him morphine at night to help him sleep. And so it is probably very likely that one of the nights, you know, he just doesn't wake up. And as hard as that is to process and as shitty as anticipatory grief is, I think that when he does pass away, it will be a very big sense of relief for not only my grandma, who's been taking care of him for the past three years, but also for everyone else in my family who's been supporting her and also myself because I have a history of loss and death and I have a very good understanding of grief. However, all of my losses have been very traumatic and sudden. And so this sort of watching someone die, just waiting for them to die, not knowing when it's going to be, but knowing that it's coming has been really, really difficult. Um, so yeah, that's like my little life update, but, um, and like more positive news, uh, this podcast is now on Apple Podcasts, which is super fucking exciting. And I think that in coming weeks, I'm going to start bringing my friends on to talk about their life and how they're connected to me and kind of what topics come out of that. So look forward to that. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to subscribe, save, whatever. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts because you're dope as fuck, listen, um, download, subscribe, same spiel. Yeah, guys, I am very proud of how far I've come in the last couple of months. I'm very proud of how far I've come junior year, and I'm ready to officially say My name is Lex, and I am a senior at the University of Michigan studying psychology. I think I may have a mental breakdown at the thought of that, but that's okay. Um, Yeah, so I hope that you enjoyed today, and as always, just keep vibing, hang in there. Obviously, if you know me personally, I'm here for you, and if you don't know me personally, I'm still here for you. Shoot me a message. Shoot me an email. I'm here to talk, I'm here to listen, and I'm here to validate your story. So, yeah, keep vibing. Love you all. Changes, they might drive you